So uh, this morning, we are kicking off a new series that we're calling Disconnected. And um, it's kind of a funny name because um, our culture is probably the most connected culture in probably the history of the world. Um, literally, uh, any subject or history or information um, that we would like to know about, we can know simply by pulling out our handy-dandy smartphone, going to Google, and you can get an answer to whatever that may be within seconds. Basically, any information you would want. Um, we are more connected to world events around us than ever before. When something happens on the other side of the world, like some disaster or whatever it may be, I get this little chinging noise that pops up on my phone, and I know about it within minutes, or I, maybe even seconds, maybe even faster. I'm not even sure, but we know world news like we've never known it before. We are connected to the world in that way. We are also um, connected to each other like never before in the history of the world. We have this thing called um, texting that the, the, the younglings know about, right? Our kids just sit like this all day now. Like they just text all day long, texting, texting. Um, there's FaceTime. There is uh, social media that has arisen. All these different ways to know things about each other and to connect with each other like never before. We know the ins and outs of our friends and our neighbors and all that on social media. We get to know about our second cousin-in-law's favorite Instapot recipe now, right? It's really exciting. You're probably, one of you is that person, just so you know. Um, we also have the ability to, to, be more connect, to be more connected in our faith today, like never before. Um, there used to be a day when if you wanted to access one of these things, a Bible, you would have to come to a place of worship like this, and there'd be one Bible in the space, and someone would come up and read it, and that would be the only time you got to see the Word of God. But today, again, you can just pull out your smartphone, open the Bible app, and boom, you have the Bible at your fingertips. You can read and study commentaries and look at words and verb tenses. If you're one of those kind of people, you can do all of it with Scripture. You can go onto YouTube and you can uh, listen to famous preachers pr uh, preach their sermons, which I know none of you do because you have amazing preachers here, so you're good. I get it. Um, I, I totally understand. Um, you can go online and you can learn how to pray different ways and other spiritual practices. We have never had more ability to be spiritual than now in our lives. Today we are connected to the world around us like never before in human history. And yet, and yet, at the same time, it seems that there is a growing feeling of disconnection in many of our lives. Um, the Pew Research uh, Company, um, they did a, a survey about this. How connected do, do Americans feel in their lives? And, and there's three that I thought were really interesting, three results. Seven percent of us in America feel satisfied with our connection with our families. Only 7% of us, with all that technology, still only 7%. Um, only 5% of us feel satisfied with our connection to our social spheres, our friendships, the people around us, our work peers, all of that. Only 5% feel satisfied with that. With all the ability that we have to communicate, only 5% of us are satisfied. Today, only 7% of us feel satisfied with our connection to our local community. Only 7% with our city, with our neighborhoods, 
whatever that might be. Only 7% of us feel satisfied with that connection. There is this paradox that's emerging in our culture. Um, we are more connected than ever, yet we are feeling less connected than ever. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to do a series talking about that and taking a look at it. What is it about this disconnection that we are feeling in one of the most connected ages in history? Like what's going on there? And one of the things that's true is the Bible has a lot to say on the topic, actually. The Bible has a ton to say about connection and disconnection. Literally, this book right here, if you wanted to just kind of sum it up really quickly, you could say that this book is a book about connection and disconnection. Like the beginning of the Bible, the first couple pages, is a story about God creating the whole universe and then having a connection to it, a relationship with it, a connection with humans and animals and nature and all of that. And that connection being broken and a disconnection emerges. And literally the rest of the pages of the Bible are about how God was going to uh, reconnect to his creation in a sense. You could sum it up that way if you wanted to. And so in this series, what we wanted to do is take a look at the Bible and see what it says about being connected in a disconnected world. Or you could even say that backwards, being disconnected in a connected world, like many of us are feeling. And so each week what we wanted to do is tackle just a different perspective of this disconnection that uh, many, of our, many of us are seeing. You might not see it now. By the end of the series, you probably will. Um, one of the ways that we're beginning to be more and more disconnected in our lives is through our experience. Our individual life experience is starting to feel more and more disconnected from the people around us. And um, we'll prove that out in a minute. But first, why don't we turn to our scripture reading. If you have your Bible, I encourage you to take your Bible, open up to Galatians 3, verses 26 through 29. Um, our scripture reader this morning is Jody Worthington. Jody, wherever you're at, I invite you to come forward and read for us. In church, what we do here is when we read scripture together, we stand and we face the center of the room where the scripture is read if you're able to. We do this week after week after week just to cement in us the reality that this book is central to our lives. It's the story of Jesus. So Jody, when you're ready, uh, take it away. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Thank you, Jody. You all may be seated. I love that. A disconnected experience. What does that mean? Well, instead of trying to explain it, I figured I'd try to show you what that means. And we're going to take a little poll this morning. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be a video poll, and it's going to have instructions on the poll where it's going to ask you to raise your hands and look around and do stuff like that. Um, here's my humble ask. Um, do it so that it's fun for us. Um, so uh, we're going to play this video, participate, and then we'll come back and take a look. So check out this video. Pop quiz, TFRC. Raise your hand for one of the options to the following question. And look around the room for everyone else's answers. How do you most often listen to music? 
Raise your hand if you listen to a streaming service like Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Music most often. Raise your hand if you listen to the radio most often. Raise your hand if you listen to MP3s or other downloaded files most often. Raise your hand if you listen to CDs, records, tapes, or other physical media most often. I love how that last one made us all feel really uncomfortable. Um, the poll we just took is a great example of what a disconnected experience looks like. There was a day when we all listened to music in the same way or in nearly the same way. Um, there was a day when there was a radio and then there was some kind of physical kind of music like a CD or kids, there's this thing called a cassette tape. It was pretty cool back in the day. Um, today it's totally changed, hasn't it? Today there are many, many platforms for listening to music, different platforms for listening to music, and it's more than that. Because depending on the platform that you use to listen to music will actually depend in many ways on the music that you listen to. Um, I like to listen to Spotify all the time, and Spotify will give me recommendations. Hey, you should listen to that band, and so I do. And I can guarantee most of those you don't listen to. And I bet it's vice versa in this room as well. There's many um, songs you listen to that none of us would probably know. Music has gotten uh, very custom tailored in, in our culture. You can pick very specifically the style and kind of music that you want to listen to. Um, to the point where smaller and smaller numbers of people are actually even listening to the same music anymore. Did, did you know this is actually true of country music? Are there any country fans in the room? I figured. I just had to guess. Um, did you? There are sub-genres to country. I'm learning about all this. It's really interesting. How many sub-genres of country music do you think there are? If you think there's five or under, raise your hand. If you think there's ten or under, raise your hand. If you think there's fifteen and under, raise your hand. Twenty and under? Okay, so I went on Google just to find this out. It's really important. Spent a lot of time, about one minute. Um, and within a minute, I found that there were 42 subgenres of country music. 42. Do you want to hear them? I know you do. I'm going to read them anyway. So <laughs> listen to this. These are all the subgenres of country. I've got to take a deep breath. There's alternative country, Americana, Australian country, Bakersfield South, bluegrass, progressive bluegrass, reactionary bluegrass, blues country, Cajun fiddle tunes, awesome, a Christian country, classic country, close harmony, contemporary bluegrass, contemporary country, country gospel, country pop, country rap, country rock, country soul, cowboy, western, cow punk, no idea what that means, dance band, honky tonk, Franco country, golf and western, hillbilly music, honky-tonk, instrumental country, Lubbock sound, Nashville sound, neo-traditional sound, outlaw country, progressive, psycho-billy, punk-a-billy, anyone? Um, red dirt, 
Certainijo, I think is how you say that. Texas country, traditional bluegrass, traditional country. Truck driving country, I like that one. This is my all-time favorite. You ready for this one? Urban cowboy country. I don't know what that means, but it sounds great. Um, Western swing and Zydeco. I think I said it right that time. Zydeco. That's all the different subgenres of just country. It's amazing. Today, less and less of us are listening to the same music than ever before. Simply because there's so much to choose from. You can choose whatever you like. And that means um, less and less of us are having a common experience through music. And here's the deal. This is true of basically every single part of our lives today. Um, This isn't just true of music. It's true of um, TV shows. The TV shows that we watch are all different depending on the platform you use and many other reasons. Some of us are Netflixers. Some of us use Amazon Prime. Some of us um, use cable. Some of us are over the air because we're old school, right? Like so we're all over the place. And depending on the platform that we use depends largely on the content that we listen to. Um, this is true of the movies that we see. This is true of our politics today. I don't know if you were in the loop about the Democratic debate, but there was like 25 Democrats running for president. That is by far a record. And they all represent a narrow band of of some kind of belief or policy or whatever it may be. Never in our country have we had something like that before. It's true of our hobbies. It's true of our interests. Um, A little pop trivia. Um, Do you know what the most popular sitcom of all time was? Any guess? I love Lucy. I love Lucy. There's a lot of whining there. It's weird. Um, I love Lucy. When I love Lucy was on, do you know what the percentage of American homes that watched I love Lucy every week when it came on? It was 72% of homes did. 72%. Um, a, a year, year and a half ago, the show Roseanne came back to the air, and it quickly became like the number one sitcom in the country. It was very well watched. Um, do you know how many people watched the new Roseanne show when it came out? How many, what percentage of uh, households did? Uh, 16.5%. In other words, there are, we, we don't watch the same TV shows anymore. We just don't. 16.5% is nothing. We don't even watch the same TV anymore. Uh, Our shared experiences are eroding in our culture and in our world, which means we are feeling more and more disconnected from each other. We have literally have less in common than we used to. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about this. And our scripture reading, for sure, has a lot to say about this. Um, If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Galatians 3. We'll kind of be hopping around in there a little bit. Um, Galatians 3, it's about uh, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Galatia. And Paul's writing here about disconnected experience, exactly what we're talking about. And what Paul does in our scripture reading is kind of a, a twofold thing. He highlights the disconnected experiences in his own day, in his own culture. And then he seeks to say, but what does faith have to do with any of that? And he tries to answer that question. If you have, if you're there, go to verse 28 in our scripture reading, uh, Galatians 3:28. 28. Um, this is what Paul writes. It's a famous passage. He says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one 
in Christ Jesus. Now what Paul's doing here is he's naming three different kinds of disconnected experiences that people had in his day. There was a huge experiential disconnect between Jews and Gentiles in Paul's day. A Jew was a minority religion in the Roman Empire. A a Gentile, um, that was the dominant religion in the Roman Empire. The Jews were constantly resisting the system, resisting the government to try to hold on to whatever religious freedoms they could have so they could practice, um, hopefully peacefully, but not always. The Gentiles, they enjoyed overwhelming support of the government because most of them were the government. The Jews didn't eat certain foods. Um, They had a, a high bar for morality. And then you have the Gentiles. Their moral code was basically the opposite of the Jews. They love smoked meat. It was like our church yesterday. It was beautiful. Um, They did all kinds of really bad things. So their morality was different. The kind of stuff that would make a Jew go, wow, I can't believe you would do that, Gentile. Jews and Gentiles had very different experiences in the ancient world. And their experience of being a Jew or being a Gentile had everything to say about their identities as people. Who they were, their Jewishness or their Gentileness had something to say and inform them about that. And then Paul says, well, what about the free and the slaves? What what about that? Slaves had no identity. Free folks in that day, well, they got to have an identity Slaves had virtually no belongings, nothing that they could own. They didn't own land. Um, Free folks could own things. They could own land. They could own people if they wanted to. Slaves had no status in politics at all. Free people could participate in the system all they pretty much wanted to. Slaves were owned. Free folks owned the slaves. Slaves had to follow the rules of their owners. Free folks could pretty much live largely by their own rules. Free people and slaves had very different lived experiences from each other. And it informed their identities, who they thought they were. And then Paul mentions males and females. In fact, in the Roman world, there's a Roman mythology, and it claimed that males had a separate creation story than females. Like they were so different that they needed different stories is how it worked out. In Roman society, males had all the authority. Females had no authority. They were literally owned by their fathers, and then later they'd be owned by their husbands. Males could walk and talk and debate in public venues. Women were often secluded into their homes. Men were often far more educated than women, even though men weren't very educated. Women were barred from education at the very earliest ages. And of course, these two, male and female in Paul's day, those experiences shaped their identities. It shaped how they understood themselves. Now, Paul is doing something here by laying these contrasts out. He's highlighting how different people with different experiences in his day um, literally had different experiences. They were basically different people in so many ways, culturally different. And you see, he's doing this, creating this compare and contrast for a reason. You see, In the book of Acts, in your Bible, something happened. 
See, something happened in the book of Acts. And suddenly Jews and Gentiles and, and men and women and, and slaves and free people uh, were actually finding themselves in the same space, in the same community together, and they were doing this thing called life together, which is something that just didn't simply happen. They would meet together, and they would eat together, and they would worship together, and they would live their lives together. Acts 2 actually says that these people who are so diverse, have different life experiences, they actually had everything in common, is the phrase that the book of Acts used. They had everything in common. And the question that Paul is asking in our scripture reading and answering is how? How? How is it that people that had such different experiences, how is it that they could somehow find commonality and community together? How is that even possible? I think that's a really good question for us today in our culture, in our age. When we are growing more apart, we are, we are literally changing, becoming more individualized as a culture, being more and more different every day from the people around us. How is it that we can come together and still be one or be on the same page? I mean, one of the dominant ways that we define ourselves today, maybe you're like, this doesn't happen in this room, maybe not, but I know that it happens out there, is, is we identify ourselves and our identities by our experience. And so people will identify themselves by their gender, by their race, by their sexuality, by their education, by their wealth or lack of wealth. They identify, their very identity is rooted in those things. The question is, is there a way that we can still all be together despite our very different lived experiences? Like, is that even possible? And Paul actually has an answer for us. It's actually in the same verse that we just read, verse 20. Look in your Bible here a second. See if you can find it. There are three words that Paul uses in verse 28. He says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. Those three words. In Jesus Christ. Paul says, you want to know how people that have little to no shared experience can be together as one? It's this in Christ thing. That's how they can do that. You see, when we come to believe in Jesus and believe what Jesus did and believe that he lived and he died and he was resurrected and we come to trust that the cross was enough so that we can actually have a future, when we come to believe that, it, it changes everything for us. It really does. When we come to believe this, our experience um, becomes minimized and the experience that Jesus had becomes maximized, in a sense. Being in Christ for Paul means trusting Christ. And you see, being in Christ, according to Paul, is a, a superseding shared experience. A superseding shared experience. It's the kind of experience that, that read, 
uh, redefines all of our other experiences in our lives. Being in Christ means that my lived experiences, all the ways that I've come to identify myself, are not the thing that I use to actually identify myself anymore. Whether we've had success and a good life and all that stuff, or whether we've been on the other end of that spectrum and life hasn't been good, whether, whether we went through that terrible divorce, whether we had the death of that loved one, whether um, that person did that thing to you when you were little, thing happened or not, or... or you wanted to do something and you, and you failed at it or you had this dream and it seemed to fizzle. It just didn't work out. Or, or you wanted to have kids and it just wasn't going to happen. It didn't work out. Or that hurt that you've had and carried with you your whole life and you've just carried it and it's become who you are. I am one with my hurt in some sense. It all changes in Christ. Being in Christ means those things are no longer the experience that we use to define ourselves. Being in Christ means that there is an experience in this world that is way bigger than us. And that bigger experience is what truly defines our lives. And that bigger experience is that you and I are in Christ and we don't have to do anything at all to make that happen. Jesus has done it for us. It's the experience of God's grace is what it is. It's Jesus. You see, whatever your life experience is, your individual life experience, good or bad, however you want to define that, belongs in Christ. All of you does. And, and that actually means something else, too. It means all the experiences that make up your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that that makes up you, all the ways you identify yourself, whatever that may be, good, bad, ugly, it also belongs here, in this space. The church is not this building. The church is not even like what we're doing right now to gather. The church is all of us together, connected, right? And you belong in the church. You belong. Yesterday was an amazing moment for the church, I think. It's one of those experiences that really redefines who we are in, in a lot of different ways. There's 200 of us downtown um, taking over a block and just doing all kinds of work, and it was so inspiring. You could stand at one end of the street, and you could look down the street and just watch everybody work, and it was so neat to watch transformation before your eyes. And here's the deal. There were some of us that were very skilled in construction. There were others of us like Pastor Chuck, who is not, because I'm very skilled. I'm just kidding. It was terrible. Yeah, I heard that. There are those of us who had a lot of experience in caring for other people, feeding, keep making sure people were hydrated, you know, uh, putting Band-Aids on our boo-boos, you know, all that kind of stuff. There were those of us more like me who had zero experience with any of those things and felt really ill-equipped, but I was still there, Right? There were those of us who are going through some really hard times in our lives right now. Like, life is really tough. And we were there together doing this thing. And there are those of us that are like, man, life is awesome right now. And you were there, too, doing this summer surf thing. And here's the deal. In that moment when we were on task in Christ doing this church thing, 
we all belonged. All of us belonged. No matter what our experience, we all belonged. And the world out there needs to know that they belong too. There are lots of hurting people out there that don't feel like they quite fit anymore and that number is growing by the day and they need to know that there is a place where they belong and it is in Christ. It is at TFRC. They belong here. So we did hard work yesterday, but tomorrow we've got to go out and spread the news. You belong. You belong. And even those of you in this space this morning, maybe you're like, man, I don't know if I do belong. You do. You just don't know it yet. You do. You belong here. You are in Christ. You belong. Amen, church? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this in Christ thing. God, we know as we look out at our lives and our world, um, things just get more confusing as we go. And we feel more disconnected as we go and we feel more busy as we go. Um, and sometimes it's just no fun, God. But there is one place where we belong and it's in you. God, we ask that you send your spirit on us and, and Light up whatever that is in us so that we really can see that and we can understand that and we can grow into that, God, that we belong. We belong to you. We belong here. God, inspire us to go out into this world and let them know, too. It's good news. They belong, too. We thank you for that news. It's everything. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, church?